we are still in faith and discipline. And as I said, uh, and keep saying, and we'll keep saying for another five months, right? Uh, We began the year with the disciplines of our faith, those things we do, whether we feel like it or not, because of the faith, uh, the, the, the relationship that we've been granted and given by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and that God's allowed us to, to be in this relationship with him. But now we're in Romans. We've been in Romans now for, this is the fourth week. Yeah, fourth week. Yeah. And so the book of Romans is pretty intense. And uh, some scholars will tell you that uh, the book of Romans was hijacked by scholars and theologians. And yet it's a message for the body of Christ. And it's a message for us to, to hear uh, and on some level, we, we receive the message, and, and, and then we live out the message. So uh, what we're doing right now is spending 13 weeks doing the, the, the book of Romans sort of thematically. And as I was outlining it, I decided that we're going to spend all next year in, in the book of Romans. We're going to start at the beginning and work our way all the way through it. So here, here are the themes that we've sort of uh, uh, addressed so far. First, we started with the good news. That, that Paul says in the very beginning, you know, as he introduces himself and he wants everybody that's reading his letter to the, to the Christians in Rome and thus the, the Christians throughout the Roman Empire and even us, you know, 2,000 years later, what he says is, I am not ashamed of the good news, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of it. It's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes and so we started that first week with the good news and 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 i asked everybody you like good news first or bad news and everybody said they like the bad news first i said sorry <laughs> we do good news first then we start to consider why did we need good news we needed good news because there is bad news and the bad news is is that there's sin and 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 we've been afflicted with it. I've been writing about it all week long for next week's devotional. This idea that that sin is like a dare I say virus? I don't know. Anyway, sin is like this this corruption that infects, and 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 when you give into it a little, it takes more. And so all throughout uh, Romans, the rest of chapter 1 and into chapter 2, what Paul is doing is he's, he's addressing the fact that everybody has sinned. We've all sinned. And so then in chapter 3, we started looking at the fact that we have a righteousness that God has granted to us by justification God did it God justified us and we're going to continue in these themes today because I finished up guess what I heard about all week long about last week's message anybody know milk duds thank you very much matter of fact I've heard about milk duds all week and guess what I have another box just sharing with you but not you see we've been bought and paid for We've been redeemed. I, I finished up last week on that word redemption, this idea that, that, that God has purchased us. And, and the price of purchase was the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world. You see, and God overpaid in many ways. 
Because when we consider our sin or consider the sin of the world, Christ's blood, the death of Jesus on the cross, paid for it all. You see? And so God has accomplished something for us, this, this bought and paid for redeemed redemption. We belong to him. And see, that's something that we're going to read. We're going to walk a little bit through chapter 5 today, but we're only doing it in sections today because chapter 5's got a lot in it, and, and we'll pick it all apart next week. But here's what we need to know. We are the milk duds. Okay? We're the ones that have been redeemed. We're the ones that have been set free from bondage. We're the ones that have been liberated from, from, from the tyranny of sin. But here's the question. Do we live it? Do we live it like God intended for us to live it? Or do we allow the bondage to persist? Do we allow ourselves to, to, to be overtaken by what God has actually freed us from? You see, we're in. We're in. I, 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 I am in the family. God has redeemed me. He's justified me. He paid for me. I am righteous because, because of Christ's righteousness, not my own. See, I'm in. Yay, I'm included. Thank you. How about you? You see, that's kind of the question this morning. You know, uh, in Christ, are we in? Are you in? Have you, have you acknowledged, recognized, and trusted Jesus Christ? So the whole point of the day is that God made us right. God made us righteous. God has given us a righteousness by, by not simply declaring us righteous. He's made us righteous. You see, we are made right. What does it mean? Are you living righteousness? Are you living uh, what, what God has established in you for righteousness? All right, here you go. Point one, peace with God, verses one and two. Here you go. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Wow. Pray with me before we keep going. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is very clear. It is very plain. And yet, God, we, we have this tendency to try to... Try to uh, sort of adapt it to us, to our lives. We, we, we try to, to make adjustments. And dare I say, we try to edit what you've said to us. So God, help us to hear from you this morning. Help us to, help us to understand who we are. What is this identity that you have given us in Jesus Christ? Thank you, God, that you have redeemed us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is peace? Readily definitions. What is peace? 
Some people would define it as a lack of conflict. You know, you have peace once the fighting stops, right? And that, I mean, that's kind of the global sort of geopolitical definition of peace. We have peace because what? We're not fighting. But see, biblical peace is different from that. Biblical peace uh, goes along with this, this idea of rest and, and going all the way back to the Sabbath, Shabbat uh, kind of idea of resting in who God is, not in who we are. That we have been granted a peace since therefore we have been justified. We've been made righteous by faith. We have peace with God. It's not that, that, that we're just in, we're, we're just no longer in conflict. We've been completely and wholly adopted by God. I'm his kid. Y'all have heard me define it that way before, you know, being, being in the family of God's like being a kid in the throne room. You ever imagine that, you know? You, you, yeah. I remember when, when Eli was born, and he'll hate me for telling you this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, my office at Town Baptist Church was a big old long thing. It, it'd go about from back from here, at least back to about where James is. And, and my desk was like right here. And then there was a little sitting area out there on the other end of the room, and we had had windows all in the office, you know, and it was a pretty light, hardwood floors. It was all pretty and everything. And I brought that 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 um, that that pack and play thing. Everybody know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, down here you know <laughs> that pack and play thing. You know, uh, it's basically a glorified kennel. <laughs> Y'all laugh like I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> I am telling you the truth. It's a little softer. It's a little more colorful. But guess what? <laughs> it's a trap. Right? So, so I set up the pack and play in my office, right? And I would sit at my desk and I would either study or write letters or, car, or you know, call and make things. The secretary was in her office outside there and, and Eli would just be doing his thing in the pack and play. Man, that was his little world. That's all he's allowed right there. Boom. You get the pack and play, that's all you got. Until he started talking. Right? About 10 months, Eli figured out what walking and talking looked like. He knew how to call daddy from over at the desk, right? So then daddy's got to leave behind what he's doing and go over here and attend to whatever the kid in the throne room wants, right? See, we are God's kids. Now, not, not merely just the legal understanding of justification, righteousness, and redemption, but God in this credible love for us, this, this amazing, just beyond our comprehension love. You see, God tends to us and cares for us. We have a peace with God that, guess what? And this is, my illustrations cannot be offensive this morning, but I will say this. That boy could have done anything in that playpen. Let your minds wander there. It would not have stopped me from loving him. There's nothing that kid could have done 
that would have made me not love him. You see that? And, and, and it wasn't that I loved him more when he behaved. Right? It's like, it's like, oh, he's being a good boy, so I love you more than when you're a bad boy, right? No, somebody corrected me. They said, he's not a bad boy. He's a good boy who occasionally does bad things. How many of you heard that, right? I've heard, I was taught that. Right? So here's the idea is that, that, that there's nothing good or bad, indifferent, that is going to stop me from loving him. We are always going to be at peace with each other because I am his daddy. See that? See, that's who we are in Christ, y'all. That's something that oh, just, I, I, I was able to tell somebody this week that I didn't really understand this until Eli was born. I didn't understand peace is not merely a lack of conflict. Peace is a place of rest. No threat. No 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 animosities, none of that. I have peace with God because I've been justified by faith. And, it, and it's given me an access to God that nobody else, except all us siblings, have. By faith. Y'all know what? In my office back at Town Baptist Church, I could be on the phone with somebody. Somebody really important. I don't know. And if Eli called me, what'd I do? Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. My son's calling me. You see that? Wow. I have access to the creator of this universe, to the God of the ages, to my heavenly daddy. Because by faith, I've been I've been in I've been sort of given. And, and received into this grace. And we and then he goes on to say these words like, in which we stand. Right? And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Wow. Um, but guess what? <laughs> it's not my doing. I'm not good enough. <laughs> I don't deserve it. Jump down to verse uh, 6 a minute. It says, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, while we were still God's enemies, while we were in open rebellion against God, Christ died for us. Wow. You know what? That's why, that's why parents will take on the world on behalf of their kids. See? See, Christ died for us. Before you were even aware of God's incredible love for you, before you were even breathing, Christ died for us. We didn't do it. We didn't earn it. 
It's not that thing where I always joke about that, that God had a good idea when he got me on his team. No, I'm corrupt. And because of sin, I'm broken and I'm fallen and, and, and all those things. But yet God has redeemed me. He paid the price for my, 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 my redemption, my righteousness, my, my justification. God paid the price. I have been adopted into his family as if I always were. He redeemed me. I didn't do it. I don't earn it. Don't deserve it. Can't make it happen. How, um, how, how, how many times do you ever lose your week? And what I mean by that, how many times did you enter into a week that you, you just suddenly feel like, man, you jumped in a river and you're just going downstream. You don't have any control over it whatsoever. You just, you start out and it's just a whoosh. Next thing you know, it's Saturday and you're just like, yeah, me. Thank you. Thank you, Wes. You said, uh, yeah, you just get to the end of it and go, man, what happened? Well, yo, that was my week this week. It started out with sort of the things that normally start out on Monday. I mean, if Sunday's the first day of the week, I'm done for at the beginning. But anyway, um, but you just kind of end up at the end of the week going, where did it go? What happened? How did I get here? Right? So ultimately... You, you, you surrender, like I said a minute ago, the river, you kind of surrender to the flow of it. See, in Christ and, and, and by God's own direction, I happen to believe that God's the one that, that's in the details. He's the one that's preparing and planning and giving us opportunity, not for our sake, not for our sort of achievement, but for the kingdom of for his kingdom, for the body of Christ, for all those things that allow us to be a part of what he's doing. And then we look back and we go, wow, God, I wouldn't have planned to do that. But because you put it in my path and I all but tripped over it, I was able to be a part of something that you did, God, something that you planned. Say, hey, oh. I mean, that's, that's just an incredible thing. I got to tell you the story because he usually sits right there. And if he's watching, hey, Don, I'm going to tell the story. Y'all know big Don Thomas. He makes me look like a small person. Don comes early and then he goes and does other kingdom kind of things. He loves telling people about Jesus. Matter of fact, he's always praying for opportunities to tell people about Jesus. He's always looking for kingdom kind of stuff because he'll ask people, he'll say, do you know Jesus? You love Jesus? I mean, he just asks people that. And if you're in this room, he's probably asked you that. Well, last Sunday afternoon, I don't know, late in the afternoon, Don was on his way home after a long day. Kind of a day that he just sort of jumped in the river and traveled down the river. He fell asleep driving home and crashed into a culvert so he's got some broken things so he's in a hospital so i got to go up and see him last sunday evening right and we prayed and he was in pain and krista's wife was there so pray for don and krista he's still up there and they're about to move him to some rehab stuff and all that kind of thing but anyway so sometime on tuesday don texts me and he says to me he says 
I've prayed with everybody that comes in my room today. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, the guy that's taking my blood. Now, this is on Wednesday morning because Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday had the full day there. No, Monday had the full day, so it's Tuesday morning. He, he calls me. He calls me at 5 o'clock. He knows I'm up. He called me at 5 o'clock. He said, I prayed with everybody that came in my room yesterday. I was like, well, good. And then this is what he said. He said, Bobby, I, no, he calls me preacher. Preacher, I think that's why I'm here. What? That is counterintuitive to the world we live in. But it's a faith statement. Right? So he continued. He said, he said, he said, preacher. He said, I had people all around. He said, I had two doctors and I had some students and I had some people around there and they were talking about what they were about to do next to me. And he said, wait, we need to pray. And one of the doctors said, well, I'm ready. So he had the whole group praying, right? So then I guess it was Thursday, he said, preacher. He said, I led somebody to the Lord yesterday. Now, I don't think God made Don have a wreck, right? I don't believe that's how God works. But folks, if you're going to have a wreck, it's important to be surrendered to what God's doing in the moment. Surrendered to what God's doing. Because guess what? I don't care if you think you're in charge of your week. You're not. Just pay attention to what God's doing. Verse 18. So then... As through one trespass there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Uh, God is sharing with us through the pen of Paul regarding Adam and his sin in the garden which has infected all of us and Christ whose righteousness has been granted to us. The law came along to multiply the trespass. Shows you where you're wrong, folks. But where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm the oldest child in my immediate family. I have a younger sister. She's probably watching now. Hey, Melanie. I've often joked that my mom and dad had two kids, an older son and a younger daughter, and in an effort not to spoil the little girl, they spoiled the big boy, right? So I've joked about it, and she probably would step in here and go, yeah, that's right. Um, You know, parents aren't supposed to have favorites, are they? That's what I was always told. So I only had one child. No problem. (laughs) I can have a favorite. Thank you very much. But do y'all know what? Can I just go ahead and tell y'all and brag about it? Because I'm boasting just like Paul said. I'm boasting in the righteousness, the justification, the grace, the redemption that God has provided for me. And I am God's favorite. 
but so are you. Because grace, some define as God's unmerited favor. So when you see the word favor, understand that you are God's favorite. And He bought and paid for you. He redeemed you from bondage and and captivity. And you belong to Him. And no, your weeks don't belong to you. You don't get to plant them. You just need to follow along in the stream that God is working on. Man, folks, that is peace with God. If you know Jesus this morning, it's your peace. You've got it. The question is, are you living it? Are you surrendered to it? God, whatever it is you want. Dare I say it's milk duds? Maybe, I don't know. Guess what? It could be a wreck. I'm not saying God causes it, but when you find yourself in one, see what it is that God's doing in the midst of it. And be willing and obedient to follow God's will in it. See, there's no telling how many ripples of the gospel and the testimony that'll go out from that naval hospital up there this week. No telling. It was D.L. Moody who once said, the world has not known what God can do with one man who is completely and 100% sold out for him. You know, Jesus, get sold out. Get surrendered. If you, don't know, if you don't know him, we want you to know him. We want you to meet Jesus this morning. We get to sing one more song. It's your opportunity to respond to him. So I'm going to invite you to respond to Jesus. Maybe you know him, but you know the world has got you distracted. Well, the Bible actually just calls that sin, and that's the bad news from chapter 1. Don't get bound up in the sin. We're going to talk about that next week because we're in, we're in Romans 6 next week. So we're going to be talking about bound up in sin. You ready? Right? But if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. Maybe you want to be a part of the gathering. Maybe you want to be a part of baptism coming up. You do whatever God's telling you to do, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, God, that there is a grace that I don't think that in, in, in my small mind and, and, and in our limited capacity that we can truly understand the depth of. And so, God, we can give you thanks for things like, like righteousness and justification. And, and, and we can give you thanks for words like redemption and, and the gospel. And, and God, we can, we can praise you for peace. Because, God, all I've got to do is live each and every day trusting you and trusting what you have in store for me throughout the day. God, thank you. Thank you that I can rest in that place. God, help me to rest in that place. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.